0: But I'm I'm just going to be completely uh, open with you and tell you what my goal is today. Okay? I just have one goal. And that goal is for you to get excited about reading the gospel of Mark for the next month and a half. All right? Let me tell you. John, I don't know if you know this, but we're going through the Bible in five years, and we, we, we are on year five, and we are on the home stretch, and we just got through, and starting in January, we went through the Minor Prophets, and sometimes that's a tough gig, but we got to see a lot of passages that pointed to Jesus, and a lot of encouragement of what's happening, and so right after the Minor Prophets, we get a gospel. Oh. I'm just so excited about that. And so, and it's the Gospel of Mark. Actually, I I was named after the Gospel writer, Mark. I remember uh, as a young teenager getting into the Bible and realizing his name was John Mark. And I, I went to my mom, I said, Mom! So, I'm named after Mark, the, the writer of the book of Mark. She says, yes. I said, so, so is my name John Mark? She says, no, it's Mark. <laughs> I said, well, how come it's not John Mark? She goes, oh, they named him Mark, Mark because his name was John Mark. But there were so many Johns around. There was John the Baptist, John the Apostle. There was John everywhere. They, uh, you're Mark. <laughs> you know? And so... I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, (laughs) but I'm excited about reading the book of Mark. Now, listen, there are three ways you can do it. Actually, there's more, but there are three that we encourage. All right. One is to get our self publicized book of the book of Mark that is divided into days that you read. So, and we start tomorrow. All right? So uh, you can have this with you and you can do it. It's like, what, what do I got to read today? Oh, it, well, it just says it. I read it till it stops the next day. And it has a little place for you to write down notes. I tell you, mine, I've really appreciated the. the I write all over this thing because I don't want to write on my Bible. People say, oh, you should just write all over your Bible. Like, oh, it's just tough to do. I, I will highlight a Bible, but I'm... Uh, the notes. That's why I have this. This is why we use it. If you say, you know what, I'm going to lose this. Okay. You can get a PDF. You can go to 207-4443, text. I was going to say text the word PDF, but it's not really a word. It's a PDF. Pe- pe- text the letters PDF. And you will get, Barb will send you the PDF of the daily reading of the bookmark. If you say, oh, I'm not really a computer literate, I'm going to do that. Okay. You don't want to have this, and you don't want a PDF. Barb made bookmarks. You can put it in your Bible, and you'll know that you can read through it. All right? So, guys, some of you I've been talking to, you say, well, you know, my prophets kind of slowed me down a little bit. I didn't read daily. Hey, I'm not busting your chops, sirs. I work ahead. So I usually read a week or two weeks ahead. And so the, the, the daily reading, even though I do it, I'm usually ahead, because I need to be. I mean, I need to be, because I'm going to be preaching on it, so I should probably have read the material before we do it. So anyway, this is the time for you to jump back on. It, Book of Mark is awesome. It's accessible. It was meant to be accessible, and it was set for you. All right, and it's a gospel. Do you know why it's a gospel? We know we talk about the four gospels. And we talk about the three Matthew, Mark, and Luke as the synoptic gospels. Do you know where we get the word, why is the gospel? Because of the book of Mark. Mark says, this is the gospel. This is the good news. He's the one that coined the phrase. Hey, we didn't tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. So this is one of the exciting things about it. Now. I did mention the synoptics. Alright. Many of. The stories. The miracles of Jesus. The sayings of Jesus. Are found in all three scriptures. Of the gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Alright. And so there is a. There is a group of. if You, you can go through the synoptics. And find out where they match, what they do. You'll notice that whenever there is something in Matthew or Luke that comes with Mark, Mark says it's shorter. And this guy, is he's all about quick. This guy's bottom line dude. One of the things about Mark, when he, when he wrote his gospel, is he highlighted what Jesus did. He's all about what Jesus did. Now, yes, does he quote Jesus in certain times? Yes, but you don't get the long sermons, the long discourses like you do in Matthew. I mean, Matthew has the Sermon on the Mount, which is like three chapters long. If you have a Bible that has just the red letters for Jesus speaking, it's like, oh my gosh, it's red, it's red. You won't get much of that in Mark. You get what he says, but he doesn't go in these long things. And, you know, you get several in, in Luke where he, Jesus just goes on and on. He talks about, he's preaching to the people, or he's talking to the, to the disciples. I mean, John, I mean, oh my gosh, the whole half, half of John is Jesus just talking to his disciples. In the upper room, the upper room discourse. But Mark is not about that. Mark is about what Jesus did. He talks about the miracles that Christ did. The longest passage of Jesus speaking, Jesus is talking about what's going to happen to his followers. And why is that important? Clearly when you read the different Gospels, you understand that there were different audiences, different original audiences to the people who wrote the Gospels. Okay? Matthew, clearly, with all the references to the Old Testament scriptures, with clearly the reference of the Jews and the the Sanhedrin and the uh, Pharisees and the chief priests and all of that long stuff, Matthew wrote to the Jews. He's telling the Jews, Jesus is the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament scriptures. I mean, that's clearly Matthew's message. And Luke, Luke is saying, hey, I've done all the research, I've gone to people that are still living, I've got to eyewitness testimony, and I have a clear message of what Jesus did. And he wrote to a specific person, or to a specific group. In Luke Acts, Luke talks about to Theophilus, which means lover of God. Now, is this an actual person named Theophilus we don't know we, we don't know' we, don't, we have no record of a specific person within the Christian community so we have an idea that Luke's message was to Christians or those that were lovers of God okay when it comes to Mark we want to know what was who was his original art his original um, audience, and it was clearly Gentiles, specifically Roman Gentiles. How do we know this? Okay, let me tell you. Mark in itself is not titled. We don't know that Mark wrote Mark, other than a lot of extra biblical information from the church, early church fathers. Okay, there was a guy by the name of Papius. In the latter part of the first century. And he. Um, was. 150 maybe. And anyway he was a. Um, he knew. The apostle John. And he wrote some. So he had. We have little bits and pieces. Of what Papias said. To another church father. Named Eusebius. Eusebius is the one who quoted down. And said Papias said. That. This gospel was written by Mark, and it was dictated to him or preached to him by the gospel Peter, or by the by the apostle Peter before he died. And we have some in, interior evidence in the Book of Acts that John Mark became a very influential person within the Christian community after his first stumble. We know that John Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. He was a cousin of Barnabas, who's named the son of encouragement. He encouraged him to go. They went in the first, about halfway through the, the ministry, John Mark left. And he went back to Jerusalem. He quit. And so when they were getting ready to go on their second missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas said, hey, let's bring Mark. And Paul said, no. He left us once. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to give him another second chance. And it became such a disagreement that Paul and Barnabas separated and went their separate ways because of Mark. But Mark stayed faithful. He got his act together. And then later on in the writings of, of Paul, we find out that Paul asks in 2 Timothy for Mark because he is a service to me. And in the small letters of the epistles, because we're going to do the epistles later on this year, you will see, like in Philemon, Paul mentions Mark again. And we do know that Peter was with Mark. So, according to extra biblical, Mark was with Peter in Rome. And Peter was. Preaching to the Romans and telling them about this Jesus of Nazareth. Who is the Messiah for the Jews. That he wasn't only just to the Messiah for the Jews. He was Messiah for everybody. And that was his, that was his claim to fame in doing it. And ended up meeting Peter, meeting his martyrdom about the same time as Paul. And we know that according to um, the extra-biblical... Mark then wrote the gospel after Peter was executed. And so, what's the date of his writing? Probably somewhere between 67 and before 70 A.D. Why do we know it was written before 70 A.D.? Because there's no mention of the destruction of the temple. And that if that had happened, any of the writer of the gospels synoptic gospels would have said and Jesus was right cuz Jesus said hey you see all this wonderful temple it's all going to get torn down they would have said see he was right but they didn't so it was probably before the the, the destruction of the temple in 70 so somewhere between 67 and 70 in italy mark wrote this gospel and so he knew his audience he knew these guys were were ...scared in their faith... ...because if you were a Christian during this time... ...just like Peter, just like Paul... ...you were a target. Because of the burning in Rome... ...and Nero... ...blaming it on the Christians... ...they became free, easy game... ...to be tortured... ...thrown into the Colosseum... ...used as torches... ...in Nero's gardens... ...they were... ...persecuted... They were chased. They were hiding in caves. They were eaten by animals. They became the scapegoat, as it were, for everything that was going on in Rome. And so, Mark's focus, and as you read Mark in the next month and a half, you will notice that he will point to Jesus in two ways. He will point to the humanity of Jesus that he got tired he got weary he had times when he got fed up with his disciples cuz they were knuckleheads and say how long must i be with you guys why you didn't catch this Jesus in the boat and he says hey man, beware of the leaven of the of the Pharisees and they go oh it's because we didn't bring bread he's like seriously what is your problem? And he gets frustrated with them. One of the awesome things about Mark, and I think it's because of what Mark knew from Peter, is that it, it doesn't put the disciples in really good light. They're, they're sort of, they don't get it. They, they don't. They just don't get it. And the only people that really know who Jesus is are Romans, Roman soldiers. They miss it till, till the resurrection. They go, oh, yeah. Oh, and it's, oh my gosh. You know, you, you wonder about that. But the thing I love about the book of Mark is it shows the disciples are kind of knuckleheads because that's like me. I'm kind of a knucklehead. I see like, oh, wow. I have, to, I have to stick my hand on the stove before. Oh, wow, it's hot. And so God can use me still because he used the disciples. So this is... And it's, it's very fast-paced. You'll see the word immediately a lot of times. Because, it, Jesus is, because this could have been the lifestyle of the Romans who were sort of running around for their life. Telling people about Jesus, but then standing in their faith, but being persecuted. The other area that Mark points to is that Jesus is a servant. Remember John talked about that? He talked about what they get into. They're servants. They went to serve the people. Because they're reflecting their Savior, Jesus. And Mark makes that very important. His humanity and his servanthood. And oftentimes when you read, when you see any kind of stuff about the Gospels, they'll say, Jesus is the suffering servant in Mark. When you do any kind of study, any kind of look, they, you know, in Matthew, Jesus is the Messiah. In um. In Mark, Jesus is the suffering servant. Um, in Luke, Jesus is everything. He, he, he it, Not only here emotionally, but also mentally. His Greek is much better than Mark. It's sort of for those of us that are a bit more educated, this is this is a an approach and then John his gospel is just like this is for the whole world John wrote it last we know that he wrote it close to 90 100 AD and so he was like he knows that the gospels are there and he's like this is for the whole world this is for everyone okay so all of this to be said let's look at a couple passages of scripture just very quickly and look at this We'll start with Mark 1, 1 through 3. In the the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This is Mark quoting. Notice it says, The prophets... In the actual Greek text it 's written this way because now i 'll read the NIV version of it. The beginning of the good news doesn 't say gospel says good news they 're translating it already for us about this Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in, the, in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of, for the Lord, make straight. His paths for him. Notices the differences. In the NIV it talks about Isaiah. Because in the Greek text. He actually mentions Isaiah. However. That quote isn't just Isaiah. Did anybody remember. When we were studying Malachi. Yeah. That first part is actually Malachi. It's Malachi and Isaiah together. That's why the New King James. In their translation said. Prophets and not Isaiah. This is someone Mark is clearly not as educated in the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. He says, that is Isaiah. How would he do this? Because, maybe, because Peter has been known to, to do the same thing. He just kind of makes it up as he goes. Remember, there wasn't verses in the Bible at this time. It was just scripture. It was just written. And so when people were talking about stuff... Oftentimes, even Jesus said, he would refer to a passage of scripture, and the whole, like, uh, he re- he referred to a psalm, and it would, the whole psalm went with it, even though he didn't quote it all. If you knew the psalms, then you knew the whole, the whole psalm. I mean, G- Jeremy did a great job talking about when Jesus is on the cross, he says, Elo, Elo, send my back tonight. He's, he's literally quoting, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But, that's, a passage of David. That's a psalm of David. And the whole one talks about the whole thing. If you had known the scripture. You said wait. you talk about he's pierced. Oh wait. Oh my gosh. He's on the cross. It's fulfilling of scripture. Right as in the But everybody. Even the scribes are going. Oh, Eloy. Oh they're calling. He's calling for Elijah. <laughs> you missed it pal. Alright. So. In that same vein. That that scripture. Mark. Says it in Aramaic, but he tells you the meaning of it. Because he's assuming that most everyone there knows Latin, probably Greek, but not Aramaic. So he is giving you the translation. He is speaking to you from a Latin perspective. Sometimes he uses the Latin idiom rather than the Greek. Clearly this is for the people in Rome or Italy... That are struggling. He just. He picks what is most relevant. To his audience. Alright. Now. If you do any kind of. In depth study. On the book of Mark. Mark West. I mean everybody. Then you will in fact. Hear something that I want. You to be aware of. You'll hear a. ...this from any kind of commentary... ...the synoptic problem. Okay? Jeremy, you know what I'm talking about. The synoptic problem. Okay, so the synoptic problem is this. Well, Mark has a small... he's laid out Jesus' life here chronological... ...and then you, you, you look at Matthew... You look at, ...you look at Luke... ...and it's not quite the same. There's differences... And so, scholars say, well, that's a problem. So, the idea they come up with is that Mark, because it's brief, was written first. And that Matthew and Luke read Mark and expanded on it. Okay? That's, That's the way it's been for the last maybe 100 years. It's all a bunch of hogwash. Okay? (laughs) I'm just going to tell you that. What it is, is this. They say, well, Mark must have been written first. And because that they've expanded in in both Luke and Matthew, then there must be another source. It's like, it's called a two-source idea. Mark and Q. Okay? There's a We don't have this source. It's been lost to antiquity, posterity. We don't have it. But it must have been there in order for Matthew and Luke to write their Gospels with Mark. This is assuming that... These are not eyewitness accounts. I mean, in my estimation, they're they're assuming that. Why would Matthew, who was an apostle... And disciple of Jesus Christ have to use Mark, who was not an apostle, to write his gospel. He was there. Why would he need Mark to write his own salvation story, where Levi is called from the booth to become a disciple? He doesn't need Mark. He doesn't. Luke is the one that says, "I did all the research." He's done nothing. You know, maybe he was aware. Listen. For almost the first 2,000 years, in church tradition, Matthew was the one that was written first. So there is a wealth of information and evidence to back it up that Matthew was written first. Why does Mark have to be written first? Listen, there's the assumption that all of this is made up. Sometimes we just need to know. It's not true. So when you hear about the synoptic problem, think to yourself, there's no problem. There's really... No problem. We have no evidence of Q. This is just made up by somebody else to help them get through with their points. Matthew lived, walked with Jesus, was an eyewitness of Jesus. He wrote down his stuff. Mark listened to all of Peter's sermons in Rome and then wrote them all down as best as he could remember. And he obviously had some evidence and some other knowledge because his... The church at first met in his mom's house. Okay. John clearly is evidence. Talks about I was there. I know this. And so all of this stuff. But they're different. Why are they different? Listen. If all of us talked about my sermon today. You all would come up with a different thing. You'd all have a different perspective. And that's, that has the reasonability for truth for me. But let's look at it this way. If we had four books on the, on the history of America, all four books would probably have in chronological order the American Revolution, the Civil War, World War I, World War II, Korea and Vietnam. In that order. Does that mean that all four authors of the books of the histories knew each other and copied each other and were aware of each other's book? No. They were not. They didn't read the other. They were just stating what happened. And this is the same way with the Gospels. We have four different perspectives from four different... Paul obviously influenced Luke. Peter influenced John, and then we had two other disciples. A witness of two or three, a matter is established. That's in the law. Guys, I want you to get excited about reading the book of Mark. I want you to see his humanity. I want you to feel the idea that Jesus came to serve and not be served. Does that sound good? Do you guys want to jump in the Bible? you guys want to read the book of Mark? you want to read from that perspective? Because you know what? This book just might be really helpful for us because I really think soon, very soon, we're going to be faced much more persecution than we've ever had before. And this will gird us, if you will. Get us believing that. You know what? Following Jesus is a price. There's a price to follow Jesus. And we need to be willing to pay it. Sound good? Are you excited? Okay. This is is you saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. How many of you are going to try your darndest to read the book of Mark on a daily basis for the next month and a half? Raise your hand. You you said this in church, so, you know. Uh, No pressure. Great. I'm excited to talk to you guys about it for the next few weeks. Jeremy's going to start when the first few chapters next Monday. Be, I mean, next Sunday you'll be ready. You'll be you'll be you'll be up on it, and you have some questions. All right, stand up. It's 12:15. I'll let you go 15 minutes. Maybe you're late for late for lunch. Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Father God, we come before you. We thank you and praise you for who you are. You are an amazing God, and I ask Lord that you will. Push us to continue to dive into your word. To know you better. And as we do that, Lord, let's turn to our friends, our neighbors, anybody that you put in our path, to tell them about Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us in this endeavor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.